believe I'm looking at a stirred up happy bunch. Yeah, that's, a, that's the will of God. The Bible says happy is the people whose God is the Lord. Happy is the people who are in such a case. Amen. Glory to God. Uh, one way now to keep yourself stirred up is you've got to talk to yourself. You've got to talk to yourself. Amen. You, you, you catch your soul drifting. You need to have a conversation with your soul. You know, that's what David did. David said, why art thou disquieted in me, O my soul? And then he spoke then to his soul. And he said, now soul, hope thou in God. Who is the health of your countenance? Who is the glory and the lifter up of your head? That has to do partially with the health of your countenance. So David had a conversation with his soul and he bossed his soul around by telling the soul to hope in God. In other words, soul, it's time for you to get out of the doldrums and get out of despondency and being so disquieted and it's time for you to wake your soul up and start expecting good and expecting God to do some glorious things. Amen? Conversations with the soul are absolutely necessary. I do it all the time. Sometimes I'll be talking to myself in the car and the person next to me is looking at me like I'm cray cray. Well, I'm not cray cray. Amen. I'm speaking to my soul. I'm speaking to my mind. Amen. Conversations with your soul. Amen. And there's a hundred and there's a hundred thousand to a million and one things that will be sent to discourage you, to drain you of your strength. I think of David. David was out there doing the will of God. They were fighting the Philistines and they were fighting all the ites, the Amalekites, the Hittites. And he went back to his hometown, which was Ziklag. Marilyn Hickey says Ziklag means in the Hebrew, a city that is overwhelmed with grief. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to live in a city named grief. And that's exactly what was happening in Ziklag or Ziklag when David came back. See the the enemies of Israel had come in and they had raided their village. They had raided their town. They had stolen their children and stolen their wives and taken all of their goods, all of their goods. And in the midst of the worst situation, I believe one of the worst situations that David had ever faced, here's what David did. David encouraged himself in the Lord. And understand this, that the atmosphere was filled with grief. But not only was the atmosphere filled with grief because of the loss, the atmosphere was also full of anger. For the, his own people, his own soldiers, got together and they conspired and they spake of stoning David. But even in the midst of all hell breaking loose, David serves as a great example for you and I. Here's what David did, and here's what we must do. When hell comes against us, we must encourage ourselves in the Lord. Encourage ourselves in the Lord. That's another way of saying, stir up 
the gift that is on the inside of you. And one of the greatest ways that I know to encourage myself, and I highly recommend it to you, is by speaking faith-filled words. Faith-filled words, you see, will dominate what's coming against you. Faith-filled words will dominate the laws of sin and death that would be arrayed against us. So David encouraged himself in the Lord. I wonder where he got that from. He must have got that when he was out tending sheep. When he was in the nighttime and he was on the night shift. David must have been singing psalms and reciting psalms. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Hallelujah. David, you see, practiced encouraging himself in the Lord. And when the real test came, he was ready because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to sing. Out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth is going to speak. What's on the inside of you is going to come out of your mouth in the midnight hour. And so what we need to do then is we need to practice the presence of the Lord on a daily basis and on a regular basis. We do not want to wait till the test comes till we do something with our spiritual life. We want to make sure that we're doing the ABCs of walking in the Word, speaking the Word, praising God in the Word, and living for Him every day of our life. So when it gets rough, hallelujah, you're ready. Amen. Amen. So David, he encouraged himself in the Lord. And it's good to have faith buddies. And it's good to have friends that you can call. It's good to have people that you can lock shields with. That's awesome. And that's wonderful. But listen, folks, some of your friends aren't going to be there at 3 o'clock in the morning. They're going to be asleep. Some of your friends may not be there at midnight. But oh, thank God, you got a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You got a faith buddy that will never leave you, and he will never forsake you, and he will do good to you all the days of your life. Amen. So, encourage yourself during this holiday season. Lay aside the weights. Lay aside the things that try to bring you down and hold you down and keep you down. Lay those things aside. And like we sang tonight, the everlasting God, when we wait upon Him, we can be renewed in our strength and we can go forth in the power of God. Amen? Amen? And so the Word of God is extremely important when we talk about these things. In Proverbs, the third chapter... In verse 1, he says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Now, we talked about that at length last week. We talked about the, the absolute necessity of not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work and a doer of the word. And as we do, we are blessed in our doing. We are blessed in our deeds. And then we talked about 
our hearts need to be set so that we make sure then that we are keeping the commandments of the Lord. And one of the greatest commandments that he gave us is the commandment of love. Can anyone say amen to that? Now notice with me in verse 2. Here, here is, are some of the results then of keeping the commandments, of keeping yourself stirred up in the love of God. He said here, for length of days and long life and peace. They will do what? They will add to you. You know, people can live long, but if they don't have peace, they might just well go on. Isn't that true? I mean, you do not want to be a 90-year-old man or woman in misery. You want to be a 90-year-old man or woman, stirred up, ready to serve, ready to keep burning and staying on fire for God. But now notice, these three things. He said here, for length of days, have you ever had a day that just didn't seem long enough? Now, I know we have all had days which seem too long. But I mean, you had a lot of things to do and you wish you had more hours to do it in. You just couldn't quite accomplish everything that you needed to accomplish. You wish you had more day. You wish you had more hours to allow you and to afford you to get caught up. And this is what this this phrase is referring to. The lengthening of your day means this. That when you put God first, when you are a stirred up saint, when you are letting your heart keep the commandments of God, when you are not a forgetful here, I believe that God can expand the time for you. I believe that some way, somehow, God can cause the work that you need to get done to be done in exact time that it needs to be done in. Amen. Hallelujah. And so it has to do with prioritizing. I remember Gloria Copeland sharing this many, many years ago. The Lord instructed her, I believe uh, it was to read the Gospels. Maybe it was the book of Acts or something like that several times during the course of a month. And she said, Lord, I don't have time to do that. But she obeyed the Lord. And she set her heart to read. It was either the Gospels or the book of Acts. I mean, just every day for about 30 to 40 days. And she said, I was absolutely amazed. Not only did I get my Bible reading done, but I got everything else done that I needed to do just right on time. God can multiply. the. You know, folks, if He can cause the sun to stay still... He can cause your hours to be expanded. Amen? Now, I want you to notice this phrase. He says, for length of days and long life. Of course, we know it's the will of God for us to live long and live strong. With long life will I satisfy Him. And what will He show us? He will show us His salvation. He will show us His healing. Folks, If we're going to live long on the earth, we're going to have to get some healing in our life. If we're going to live long on the earth, we're going to need some preservation. Amen? So he said now, 
with long life while I satisfy you and I will show you, I will show you my salvation. Now, notice this phrase, for length of days and long life and peace, shall they do what? Shall they add? Shall they add? Add to you. In other words, there's going to be an addition of these things in your life if you will do your life right. Where else do we see that word add or added? Look at Matthew 6, verse 33. Matthew, the sixth chapter, and the 33rd verse says, But seek ye first all the things that must be done. Seek ye first your family. No, he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God, which is righteousness, (laughs) peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Is not keeping his commandments part of seeking his kingdom first? Is not being a doer of the word seeking his kingdom? So he says here, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what will happen? All these things shall be taken away from you. No, all these things, length of days is part of those things. Long life is part of those things. Peace is part of those things. So they'll be added to us and added to one another as we put Jesus first place in our life. For length of days and long life shall they add to thee. One translation says it this way, for length of days and years of a life worth living. Years of a life that is worth living and tranquility inward and outward and continuing through old age till death these shall be added to you amen Amen. so verse 1 again my son forget not my law but let that heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life shall they add to thee now notice verse 3 read that with me if you would let not mercy Well, let's get it up there first. Proverbs 3 and verse 3. Proverbs 3, verse 3. Ready, read. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Now, let's talk about this. Mercy and truth. He's saying, don't let mercy and truth forsake you. In other words, mercy is a big thing and truth is a big thing and neither one of them should ever leave your life. Mercy is compassion. Mercy and compassion are a way for you and me to be a blessing. Mercy and compassion 
is not just a good idea, but mercy and compassion are to be a way of life for you and me. Jesus said this. He said, blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied are the merciful or are those who will be compassionate. And as a result of you and I being compassionate and merciful toward the poor, being merciful and compassionate to those who are locked up in prison, being merciful and compassionate toward those that are homeless, being merciful and compassionate to those that are are recovering from drug addiction or from sex trafficking. As we are merciful and as we are compassionate to those who have no ability to do anything for themselves, as we are merciful, you and I shall be, we shall obtain mercy. Oh, does anyone need no mercy in their lives? See, it says about the master in Psalms 145 and verse 8 and verse 9. What this is saying, don't let mercy slip from your life. Don't let it forsake you. Keep it before you. If you sense yourself being judgmental, if you see someone on the street corner and they're asking for money, And you all all of a sudden sense yourself wanting to go into a judgmental spirit. Stop it. Stop it. You don't know whether that person is a con or whether that person is not a con. And it's really none of your business. It would be better for us to be merciful even if the person was a con. Because if we're merciful to cons, they can go from a con to a convert. Amen. They can come into the kingdom of God. Amen. Blessed, happy, and to be envied are the merciful. I believe that we're in this season of joy and generosity. This is one way that we can be merciful to people who need our help. And the world is filled with people that are crying out for help. So he says, don't let mercy slip. Be a compassionate person. Well, somebody says, mercy is just not one of my motivational gifts. No cop-outs here. You can't use that as a cop-out. Every one of us have the love of God shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. Notice Psalm 145, verse 8 and 9. This is all in here. Psalm 145, verse 8. Now let's read it together. Says, ready, read. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. When you're merciful, you won't nitpick on people. You won't judge them. You won't put other people down. You'll do like Brother Hagin. Every day of your life, he'd wake up and say, Lord, make me a blessing. Help me to be a blessing. Help me, Lord, to be a lifter of people. Help me to bring a word in season to a soul that is weary. Help me, Lord, to be compassionate. 
And one way that we can be more compassionate is we can start confessing just like the Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Say it with me, I'm gracious. I'm gracious. What is a gracious person? A gracious person is a person that has been so impacted by the grace of God that the grace of God just flows through them. Amen. Say it with me, I'm gracious. I'm gracious. And I'm full, and I'm full. of compassion. I'm a compassionate person. So notice this verse again. He says, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Don't let compassion slip. But here's another thing. Don't let the word go. Don't let the word slip. Read your Bible. Speak your Bible. Pray your Bible. Jesus said very clearly to us. He said in John 8.31, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth. And what will happen? The truth will make you free. You do know that there's a difference between just being a Christian and being a disciple. See, Christians have a nominal walk with God. They may come to church every so often when it's convenient. They may have a promise box in the kitchen that they lift a promise out every other day or every other week. They're thoroughly saved. They're on their way to heaven, but they're not true disciples. And a true disciple of the Master is intently reading what He said. He is intently doing what He has said. And Jesus said, If you continue in My Word. In other words, don't let mercy, but don't let truth forsake you. Don't let it slip. And folks, the Word will slip. If you let it slip, it'll slip away from you. But oh, thank God I'm looking at a church tonight. I believe I'm looking at some disciplined followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe I'm looking at some true disciples who continue in the Word. And the Word continuously sets you free. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Jesus said this, if you abide in me. How many of you living in him? But then he went on to say, and my words... Abide in you. Hallelujah. The abiding word in you will always cause you to triumph. The living word in you, in your heart, and coming out of your mouth will see you through the darkest day. So live in him and abide in him. Colossians says it like this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So he says, don't let mercy, don't let truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck so it won't break loose. Write them upon the table of your heart. How do I write the word on the table of my heart? I believe that's done through meditation. I believe that as we meditate on them, the word of God then becomes written upon our heart. Amen. Now notice with me in verse 4. Of Proverbs chapter 3. Notice the progression of this proverb. This book of Proverbs is just so, so good. You know, it would pay us rich dividends to read a proverb every day. 
How many, how many days are in a month normally? 30. 30 or 31. How many Proverbs are there? 31. You can read a proverb every day. You talk about wisdom? Hallelujah. For length of days and long life and peace are going to add to you. Don't let mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thy heart. And here's what will happen as a result. So shalt thou find what? So shalt thou find what? And what else? And good understanding in whose sight? (laughs) In the sight of God and man. One translation says, And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. What is this saying to us tonight? This is saying when we are diligent to learn and to obey the word of God, we are promised favor with the King of kings and Lord of lords and favor with mankind. But I want you to notice in this verse that this favor comes first of all from God. I said it comes first of all from God. Amen? Again, Jesus taught us to seek first the kingdom of God. You know, Jesus himself increased in wisdom. He increased in stature. But he also increased with favor with God and man. Now, folks, listen to this. If you and I increase with favor with God, we are sure enough going to increase with favor with men. If you do your best to please God, I tell you what, He'll even make your enemies to be at peace with you. They may not like you, but they can't touch you. You'll be like that old song, can't touch this. Amen. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. I have no doubt that God gave us favor so that we can own this building. I have no doubt that God will give many of you favor in this auditorium so that you can own your own home. I believe that He'll give you favor not only with God, He's already done that, and with man, to where dreams and visions will come to pass for the glory of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. So put God first in your life. He will see to it that you come out on top. In the natural things of life. This is one of the blessings of being faithful to God and being faithful to His Word. Notice with me in verse 5. Now trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. For it shall be health to thy navel. And it will be marrow to thy bones. Now let's just take a few moments just to unpack verse 5 and verse 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. This is where you trust Him. You trust Him with your spirit. Absolutely. Don't lean to your own understanding. He differentiates between your heart and your head. Yeah. 
If we live out of our head, we're going to miss the paths that God desires to direct us in. But oh, if we will learn to live out of our heart and place all of our weight and all of our confidence completely and totally over on Him. Hallelujah. What's going to happen? In all your ways, acknowledge Him. How many of our ways are we to acknowledge Him? Verse 6. In all our ways. Look at your neighbor and say, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. So acknowledging Him is a major key to getting direction from Him. I'm going to say that again. Acknowledging Him is a major key in getting direction from Him. If we never acknowledge Him, if we never include Him, but if we exclude Him rather than include Him, guess what happens? He will not have anything to work with. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. Most of the time, He's not going to speak to you in an audible voice. He wants us to include Him. He wants us to ask Him. He wants us to be humble enough to say, Lord, I need some help here. Anybody ever needed help? What what this is simply saying is this. Give Him full place. Invite Him. Invite Him to guide you. All the time. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him. Trusting with God, trusting God with all of your heart, is to honor Him and to acknowledge Him in everything we do. And it's our choice to make that invitation to Him every day of our life. You know, we all make some decisions. How many of you need to make some big decisions? How many of you are making some small decisions? How many of you just don't know nothing? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) The truth of the matter is this. None of us, me included, we can never have enough natural knowledge to make a perfect decision. (laughs) Why is that? Because, quite frankly, there's a whole lot we just don't know. You can be the best researcher. You can be the best analyzer. You can put the pros on one side and the cons on the other side. God doesn't lead us by pros and cons. He leads us by His Spirit. You can do all that research, categorize, analyze, pro and con it until you're blue in the face. But something could happen in the next hour to change it. But I'm telling you folks, you got someone on the inside who knows everything. He knows everything. I mean everything about your future. And incidentally, your future is extremely bright. I thought I'd get a better amen than that. Let me rewind the tape. 
Your future is very bright. Hallelujah. And part of the Holy Spirit's ministry in us is that He enables us to get it right. He enables us to make the right decision. So what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying instead of racking your brain, trying to get answers, here's a thought. Pray. Pray. Don't think. Pray. Pray. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in English. Pray with an open heart. Turn your head off. (laughs) And get down into here where He lives. And let the Spirit of the Lord begin to lead you and guide you out of your inner man. John Osteen, Joel's dad, used to say this. When we are Spirit-led, it enables us to pick up what signals we're getting on the inside. What signals are you getting? The answer is not in our head. The answer is in our heart. How many of you still have file cabinets at home? You ever lose something? (laughs) A file? You know, I'll ask Brenda, okay, where did that MetLife file go? She says, it's probably in your room, in your desk. And I said, well, I don't know about that. So I go through the file cabinet, looking, 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 looking. Go there another hour later, look, 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 look. It's not there, it's not there, it's not there. Go through the file cabinet, look again and again. What might I, what may I might surmise from that? The file ain't in there. The file's not in there. And yes, she was right, it was in my office. Listen, folks, the answer to your direction is not in here. No, it isn't. Stop looking there. The answer is in your heart. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I want to close with this thought. We're kind of going through the book of Proverbs verse by verse. I'm enjoying it. I hope you are. This is one of the most frequently questions asked pastors. And you probably have been asked the same question. You know what it is? Pastor Mark, Pastor Tom, Pastor Nancy, Pastor Brenda, Brother Emmanuel, John. How can I know the will of God? How can I know the will of God? Solomon gave us the answer right here. And what it is, is this. When you decide to put your trust in the Lord, and you decide not to trust your own understanding, but when you decide to give your undivided attention and priority to God's revealed Word and the Spirit that lives within you, when you decide to acknowledge and honor God in all that you do, when you do those things, you can trust God that He will, in fact, direct your paths. And you can go forward in peace, believing that through His Word and through the leading of the Holy Spirit, God will direct your path. Let's pray. Pray this with me. Heavenly Father, I thank You for this service tonight. I put all my trust, I put all my confidence 
in you. I refuse to lean to my own understanding. But I choose to give my attention and my priority to your revealed word and to the Holy Spirit within. I acknowledge you, Lord. I honor you in all that I do. I'm asking you to direct my steps. And I thank you that the paths will be made clear and I will walk in the paths that you have for me. For the path of the righteous is getting brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. Say this with me, the spirit of truth abides in me. He guides me into all the truth. Therefore, I confess I have perfect knowledge of every situation and every circumstance that I come up against. Hallelujah. Jesus is my wisdom. The wisdom of God lives on the inside. I'll stay stirred up, encouraging myself in the Lord. And I know that you will direct all my paths. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Somebody.